Welcome to another episode of the UI Buzz Podcast. I'm your host, Peter Widom. You can find me at peterwidom.com. This episode, I'm going to talk a little bit about my experiences this week as I was creating random events in my game and trying to figure out the right balance. And I'm going to talk about it both from the perspective of the developer and as a player and my thoughts on that in general. Let me start by defining what I interpret random events to be. The random events in games are those things that are not planned, they're not timed perfectly to happen the same every time. In many ways, they're the surprises, the random surprises in a game for the player. Now, the reason that you would want to do things like this is so that, firstly, the game doesn't become monotonous and boring. Secondly, a player on a level, they won't be able to just whisk through a level because they've done it 10 times before and know where everything is and they know what's going to happen and when it's going to happen. That to me is just really boring and I love the games where you just never know what's going to happen and where it may happen. And for me that was something that I wanted to introduce into the game that I'm working on and I wanted to have these random events. So the first thing I did was I came up with two lists. I wanted a list of negative random events and positive random events. This week I focused on the negative ones. I'm not going to tell you too many specifics about those events because I don't want to give away any secrets in the game, but suffice to say that there are 12 of them at this stage, but they appear at random times as well. So as I say, you don't want these things to happen too often, and of course you don't want them to happen too far apart so that it appears that it never happens. The problem that you have with the balance here is when you're trying to create random events to you as the developer while you're working on it, they'll probably seem too far apart because you're eager to get on with it. So you want to see them happening so that, okay, great, everything's working properly and test them out. Problem with that is that'll be too frequent. And then if you go the flip side and you put them too far apart, the user may never see them because that random event, the way that you make that calculation, may happen so infrequently that they never get to see it. So how do you balance that? I don't know that I have the perfect answer. All I know is that what I did this week was as I was playing my own game, I just was keeping an eye on it and seeing if these random events felt frequent enough but also far enough apart that they didn't affect my gameplay in a negative way. Because this is something that happens randomly from the beginning of the game, as I'm getting started as a new player, I don't want to get beaten down and defeated too many times, lose too many resources, and suffer these negative random events that it makes me just not progress in the game, and therefore I don't want to play it. That's your big problem. Now, the other problem is that if they don't happen often enough, you may find that due to the random factors, it's allowing some players to progress a lot quicker than others. And yeah, I get it. That's the nature of a random event, right? It's the luck of the draw. So how do you develop something like this? Well, here's the approach that I took. Firstly, I make a random number generator. And in this case, I said, okay, between zero and a defined range of numbers, pick a random number. And if that random number is one, then we're going to say, perform a random event. If it's any of the other numbers, don't perform the event. This enables me to essentially increase or decrease the percentage chance of this random event happening 
by controlling that range of numbers. Now, yep, I'm sure there's better ways and more experienced game developers may know better ways, but to me, this gives me a defined range where I can identify the positive hits to say perform the event and also allow expansion or retraction of the range to say don't have, let this event happen. So that was the first trigger. Now once that's happened, of course if it's not the number one then nothing's going to happen, we're not going to execute the code, no random event, the game carries on. If it is one, the next thing that happens it says okay we are going to perform an event, now let's randomly pick one of the events from the 12 on the list that I've defined and execute that one. And then whatever that number is, it gets executed. The steps that I've defined in that event, which in my case is to, to say, hey, you have lost some X amount of resources on this type of resource. And I also have it trigger a little notification on the screen so that the player knows that this has happened. And they're not wondering, is this a bug in the game? Why did I suddenly lose something? And then after a while, that notification disappears. It's not a pop-up, it's just a line on the screen. So it doesn't interfere with gameplay and doesn't require the user to interact with it in any way. And then of course, once this negative event has completed, all the numbers are updated, all the data is in place and the game carries on and that cycle happens. Now I have this cycle on mine to set to run for every, I've set a determined amount of time. So it runs in my case, every X amount of minutes. So every X amount of minutes, we have the first random generator to say, hey, pick a number. And if the number matches, it happens. If it doesn't, okay, another X amount of minutes goes by and it runs again. So it may not happen for quite a while. Or if you're unlucky, it may happen a couple of times in a row, something like that. That's the nature of the randomness. And it's always funny to me as I'm playing this while I'm developing it because, like I said earlier, it's either that frustration of, oh, I really need these events to trigger and so I can check them, or they happen too often and I don't progress in my own game. Now, of course, when I'm developing it and I have debug set up, I restrict those numbers so that if I want to focus on working on that feature, it does of course happen more often so I don't have to sit around for a long time waiting for that to occur. Now the trick there of course is you have to make sure that if you do something like that, you set it back to, in air quotes, the production values so that the players are not getting the developer experience. So that's also why you need to consider different modes of your game when you're developing, like a development environment, production environment, those kind of things. And maybe that's something we'll talk about in a future episode. I do that for apps, and no reason you couldn't do that for games in a debug state. So that's how I have implemented the random events so far in the game. Like I said, this week I did the negative ones, and then I've got a positive list where you will benefit from it. Now, of course, in that case, the user really wants this to happen more often because they're going to get something positive out of it. They're probably going to gain some resources or something like that, which is going to help them progress. That may require a different balance compared to the negative ones. And again, that's something you have to play with. You're going to have to give it to your beta testers or your players. And before you, during the development stage like this, you don't have that data coming in, that feedback to tell you whether it's right or wrong. 
So you've just got to go with that gut feel that feels right to you until other people can start experiencing it and give you feedback on it. So I wanted to share that this week. It's been a very interesting experience because every time you think you get it just about right and I then play the game and it's too frequent or it's not happened at all yet and you tweak the numbers a little bit more and that's really the way you got to do this. You just got to keep playing with it until it feels about right to you. And the only way you can do that, of course, is to play your own game for an extended period of time, right? Running it for a few minutes or whatever, it's not going to do it for you. You've got to play, and this is my advice in general on all of this, is you have to play your game as a normal everyday player playing it. It's the only way you're going to find out what feels right and what feels wrong. If you have thoughts on this and comments, I'd love to hear them. You can reach out to me on Twitter at UIBuzz, U-I-B-U-Z-Z. And of course, you can reach out to me as well at peterwidham.com and provide your thoughts. If this has been helpful, I'd love for you to rate and review the podcast. It would greatly help me out as I'm trying to get this podcast started up. Other than that, have a great week 